You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Greetings, everyone. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily, episode 1514. Welcome to our monthly horse trailer series, brought to you by Double D Trailers. Find them online at DoubleDTrailers.com. That's double, the letter D, Trailers.com. Well, Glenn here, founder of the Horse Radio Network and host of Horses in the Morning. One of the top requested segments we've gotten from listeners is about trailers and trailer safety. Brad Heath from Double D Trailers has agreed to help us with a five-part series on trailers. Brad is the owner of Double D Trailers with over 25 years of experience in horse trailer manufacturing and the equestrian industry. In part one, we spoke about the do's and don'ts of trailer hauling. In part two, we talked about trailer configurations and layouts. And you can find both of those previous ones if you haven't heard them, just go to horseradionetwork.com slash trailer, and you can listen directly to those. Now, in part three, we're talking about trailer myths and misconceptions. Uh, and I think this is a fun one, and I did ask for some listener input on this, Brad. So uh, these these are some questions from the listeners or some things that, that I think are very common that we have to, we either have to say, is it a myth or not? All right? Yeah. Go, uh, good to see you, Glenn. Go easy on me. <laughs> One of the things that always comes up, is it safe to tie your horse to the outside of your trailer, to the little D-ring? Wow. Uh, that's one of those questions that really doesn't have a yes or a no. Uh, here's my opinion on this subject. There's really not a safe place on the trailer to tie a horse. You know, the first thing that happens, we custom build these beautiful works of art that cost you thousands and thousands of dollars and clients are so meticulous over their new piece of equipment they don't want any scratches on it and then the first thing we'll do is we'll go tie a horse to the side of it and you know he just rakes his teeth across the pain or he paws it or there's a dent right out of the gate but you know i've seen horses uh cut their legs on the lower portion of the trailer they can get in between the tires and the fender wheels and uh, things of that nature. So my preference would be to not tie a horse to the exterior of the trailer, at least not on the tie loop itself. Um, and I always, when we're positioning tie loops, you know, we try to get those away from the back door so that latches are not a factor. What I like better than anything that I've seen are these products called high ties or tie rights. I think there's a few on the market. We don't make those, but we do install them. And it's basically uh, a rod that sticks out away from the trailer, approximately three or four feet. The horse is secured from overhead. So there's no line hanging down for them to get tangled up in and they can graze from it. Um, and it just keeps them off the trailer. So I think it's much safer for the horse, safer for the trailer, uh, probably safer for handler too, because you, you know, you just don't have that horse right up against the side of the trailer. The next one on the list is transport. This is very appropriate because the day we're recording this, we're getting like tornadoes all over the South and hundred mile an hour winds in Florida. And, uh, and I've seen a number of reports today of, uh, especially RVs blowing over and, you know, all of that kind of stuff coming in right now. And this was a question that a several listeners had is how do you determine if it's safe to transport your horses in bad weather? Uh, and they used heat wind. I mean, wind was the big one today, but heat's also a consideration. So how do you know? Sure. Um, I think, you know, the, the answer regarding heat 
comes down to the trailer itself. If it's an insulated trailer, then that's going to help tremendously and obviously with, uh, with good ventilation while you're traveling, roof vents, fans, things of that nature. We have client testimonials frequently that come back to us that say, hey, I hauled my horse from you know, Southern California over to Texas, the temps were a hundred plus degrees. They arrived, uh, the horse wasn't sweaty or anything like that. So minimal stress, but it's a 100% insulated trailer. Uh, I did a video years ago and still on our site of a mill finish roof and mill is sort of the natural shiny color of aluminum. It's unpainted. And this particular trailer did not have an insulated roof. And uh, we, we took a temperature gun and walked inside and just held it up in the ceiling. And I think it got to 138 or 148. Oh, fried egg time. <laughs> oh, man. It, it was so, you, could not, you couldn't hold your hand on it. It was so hot. We kept the camera rolling, walked out of that one, walked over to the next trailer, stuck the thermostat up. And, you know, it's like maybe 105 or something like that. So it was a significant difference. So the key to hauling in extreme temperatures, particularly heat, um, obviously, just make sure you have good ventilation and insulation, more importantly. The cold aspect, you know, if you're hauling in a stock trailer, I'd prefer to see those sides closed in with some plexiglass or something. And then of course, you can use a, a horse blanket if needed uh, during the colder environments. Wind, that's a great question. You know, I had someone ask, or maybe it was in uh, the questions that came up of a formula that could be used. That's what they were asking, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be nice. I'm not aware of one. Probably some mathematician that's a lot smarter than I am may have something. I did see something uh, regarding the square root of 195 times the weight of something, (laughs) you know, could determine how much wind it takes to move an object. And I think to blow a human, it was around 90 miles an hour from what I saw. But... You know, it, it, it has a lot to do with the trailer, the tow vehicle, the size of the rig, the weight of the rig. And which way the wind is blowing. Which way the wind is blowing is a crosswind component. Um, when you look at RVs, you know, RVs sit up much higher off the ground than horse trailers do. And they're much boxier. And, yeah. 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 The entire box is built, you know, over the top of the axle. And then, you know, it's all up. I don't know, 13 feet tall or something. They're, they're really tall. So you have a, a top heavy load and it's almost like uh, if you can imagine the wind blowing a pine tree that's 20 feet tall versus a pine tree that's 50 feet tall, the 50 foot tall pine is going to sway a whole lot more uh, to the point that it can actually snap and break over. So Uh, Keeping a horse trailer with a low center of gravity definitely helps with uh, the wind blowing you all over the road. But, you know, if if you're hauling with a short wheelbase SUV, perhaps a Tahoe or an Explorer or something like that, and you have a two-horse bumper pull that's fully loaded, um, a short base SUV is the the tail end of that thing is going to get more squirrely quicker than what a long base would be or perhaps a three-quarter ton truck or something along those lines. So I would say, um, and that's something that we can pose a question to for some more listeners. I'd like to get additional feedback on that just for 
client's input to say, hey, this is what I have experienced. So maybe we can plug that on a well, later show. And we always had a rule, uh, kind of a, it's just a common sense thing. When, when it starts to feel squirrely and you're getting uncomfortable, then it's probably time. That's correct. Yep. Uh, if you don't feel comfortable driving it, don't do it. When you start getting nervous because the wind's blowing and your trailer's blowing and, you know, it's one thing when a truck goes by and, you know, you're, you're doing a little. And we've discussed that in part one. Uh, right. But when it starts to get to, that the wind's causing a problem, then probably is best to pull over because you're it's indicating that there might be a problem. So that's right. Yeah. Um, so this is a good one, too. Aluminum is the best material to use for a horse trailer. Hands down. Nothing else is allowed. Oh, man, folks are going to start throwing rocks at me, Glenn. <laughs> you know, back uh, back in, in the day of whenever horse trailers were constructed, maybe, I don't know, we've got a history of trailers. I think the first one was 40s or 50s. But um, up until late 70s, early 80s, our choices of materials and technologies were limited. Well, they were steel and wood. Yeah, you yeah. had steel and wood. That's about it. Yeah. And then, of course, the primers and paints and sealants you know, were not nearly what we have today from a chemical durability perspective. And, you know, back in the 80s when, uh, and I think Featherlight was one of perhaps the first companies to begin using that. Rodney Culp and his dad, they started Featherlight. I've met Rodney, super cool guy. And it was a great solution because suddenly you had something that was lightweight, it didn't rust, it looked great. And then two, I think there was the, the stigma of the pricing difference. Aluminum was much more expensive than what the steel was back at, during that time period. And so if it costs more, it must be better. And from there, you just had so many manufacturers that continued to you know, what, what Peter does, Paul does. So if I see this guy do it and it's working for him, I'm going to do it myself. And so they just continued down that same path of rather than innovating and trying to improve as sort of doing, you know, what's, what's been working or kind of what we've always done. Um, in manufacturing, when we started, you know, I always felt that a steel frame was certainly the safest way to go. Uh, based on some properties of aluminum. And at some point, after we've been building 10 or 15 years, you know, we, we started thinking, hey, maybe we need to do the same thing that everybody else is doing and start building aluminum trailers because a lot of folks want those, right? And we did. Uh, I, we went through the whole process. It was a big deal to upset to um, construct the factory to be able to have the, all the tooling and the dies and things. And, you know, we learned so much. I only built just a handful of those things. And I'm like, I'm not going to continue to put my name on that. You know, aluminum is a very malleable material. And in order to get it where it's strong, it has to be thicker. And then from that perspective, it's not very forgiving. Whereas steel will flex, 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 and then it'll bend. Aluminum may not flex quite so much. And then once it fatigues, it's just going to crack or splinter or break. Uh, the other properties of aluminum that make it not necessarily the best choice of material for constructing a horse trailer, particularly in the roof and in the floor. You know, it's like the video that I mentioned earlier the, of the heat absorption. Man, the aluminum's great for solar panels and pots and pans and cookware, but we're not looking to bake the horse. So that's not the smartest material to stretch in the roof, but 
why do, why do manufacturers keep doing it? Well, it's because they can buy rolls of aluminum. It looks like tin foil at the grocery store, except it's much, it's the width of your trailer. It's on a huge coil. A guy grabs it, pulls it from one end to the other. There's the whole roof of the trailer secured around the perimeter. And, you know, there's your top. With the flooring, same thing. Uh, aluminum transfers probably more heat, noise, and vibration back to horses' feet and legs than any other material that I can think of that you would put in a trailer, you know, compared to a wood floor or there's all sorts of, you know, uh, other applications out there. So, um, yeah, I would just encourage folks to, you know, sort of take a step back and think if you are going with an all aluminum trailer, make sure at least that the roof is insulated um, and the flooring. Uh, short story, I traded for a trailer many years ago and it was sight unseen other than photos that the client sent to us. So we delivered the new one, pick up the old one, bring it back to the shop go inside to clean the thing out, pull the mats back. And I could see daylight through the, I could see the ground through the floor. And it had that extruded aluminum floor. And I was like, Oh man. And there's no way you can fix that. Cause it, it was the actual, the structure and you know, everything. And it was rusting out. And so a huge misconception is, Oh, I have an aluminum floor. It's not going to rust. It'll last forever. I don't have to do anything to it, but Unfortunately, horse urine and aluminum over time, they don't mix so well. So if you do have a trailer with an aluminum floor, just make sure you pull those mats out, hose the thing down well, you know, get all the, the dirt and debris and urine off of it, allow the floor to dry, and then pull those mats back in. So that's going to be key to maintaining that particular style of floor. I still don't think we can do anything to get away from the, you know, the heat. Uh, and the noise and vibration factor. But I wanted to end on this one. All trailers are safe for all types of horses. So I, no matter what my trailer is, I can put any horse in it. Obviously, we talked about height before. You know, we talked about configurations and size. Are there any other considerations that... Yeah, well, I, I think that anyone can make the argument of all trailers are not safe. Every single trailer that's on the market isn't a safe... Uh, safely laid out or designed trailer. For example, we've talked about the conventional style rear tack and the hazards associated with it. Even open stock side trailers, I've had horses get a leg through and you know that's another nightmare or button chest bars with the horse having a leg over and you not being able to remove the pin to get the horse back over because of the pressure on it. Uh, and there are solutions to all of those. So, you know, you just want to make sure that whatever trailer that you're using at least has the design function, even if we're not talking about the material, the floor, the structure, the roof, things like that. But the layout itself should be safe for horse and handler. You know, if you're hauling a, a 17 plus warm blood with a foal, uh, that's going to have a different need than what um, maybe a you know, 14, 15 hand quarter horse would. And foals in particular, you have to make sure that the dividers are close enough to the sidewall, close enough to the floor, and then even the bars on top of the divider, that those are close enough that you know, a foal can't get a leg through on that. So, yeah, it, it really depends upon the application, um, the use of the trailer, and uh, there's a lot of variables to look at versus just saying, yeah, 
Yeah, sure. You can probably go get any trailer, throw your horse in it, hauling from point A to point B, and more than likely they're going to be there when you get there. But, you know, I, I always tell folks I've had people over the years say, well, I've been hauling for a lot, lot years and I've never had any problem. And I said, well, you've never had a problem until you have one. Right. Yeah. That's true. I've never been in an automobile. People say accident. that about everything until they have I'll be 50 yeah. next year, but you know, I've never had one. Does it mean that I'm a safe driver or anything like that? It just means it hasn't happened yet. Right. So you have to be prepared. All right. You can find Double D Trailers at DoubleDTrailers.com if you want to go take a look. And you have a podcast. Give a plug for that. Yeah, we do. Uh, we're having a lot of a uh, lot of fun with the podcast. That is the Double D Trailers podcast. So just look us up. Very good. And uh, you can custom order trailers. You can take a look at all the different options. Their website's very good. Uh, and if you missed the first two parts we've been talking about, it's horseradionetwork.com slash trailer. You can find them there. And then you can find uh, Brad over there at doubledtrailers.com. Well, there you have it. Horse Radio Network has thousands of engaging podcasts for horse people, and you can have them sent right to your phone. Just subscribe via your favorite podcast player. This is Coach Jen, and I will be back again soon with another tip. Until then, go ride your horse. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements made by guests on the Horse Tip Daily. Please use your own judgment when listening to the tips on this show. <laughs>